Brian. Hello, my friend. What's up, dude? It's good to see you. Yeah, man. Episode five. Yeah, I'm losing count, which is kind of nice. I'm it like, I'm nice. like, wow, we've done so many that I'm hard, hard to keep track of. Yeah, I think uh, we're sort of hitting a groove here. I think it's five. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, what are we doing today? We're doing inhabit your new year. Yeah, it seemed like a good time to do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, as I've been talking with you. Uh, it's something that we all think about, I think, this time of year. Uh, we, we look towards that new year. The holidays are coming around, and a lot of times we get a little extra time, or even if we don't have extra time, uh, I don't know, the winter, the holidays, or something about it, at least in the culture in the U.S., where we get a little more contemplative and reflective and start also looking toward the new year. So it seems good to have an episode where we talk about that. Yeah, you know, I think that whenever um, there's a change in the sort of the lower right quadrant, even yep. if it's as something as simple as, you know, the, the calendar moving into a new year, we take that as sort of an opportunity to, to use that transition as a way to um, an opportunity to, to also change our own interiors. Yes. Um, you know, I think that when it comes to the end of the year, we, we sort of naturally fall into this reflective space, right? Where we sort of um, naturally start to review our previous year and kind of imagine mm-hmm. the year to come and we kind mm-hmm. of take inventory yep. of our yep. victories and our regrets and all of our decisions and how those have sort of culminated for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as integralists, you know, I think that we're kind of used to always moving forward in a certain kind of way. I think that you yes. know, people with this integral sensibility start to get, I don't know, a little bit restless <laughs> when yeah. they feel like they've kind of plateaued. Um, it's like we, we start to really feel this arrows kind of welling up in our chest and it has to mm-hmm. go somewhere, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I, I think is, is great. It kind of keeps us moving forward, um, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, even if it's only just in one small part of our lives, yeah. our relationships or our work or our practice or what have you, there's always something sort of driving us forward, pushing us yeah. forward, yep. um, which makes these end of year reviews, I think, really sort of fruitful for us. Yeah, definitely. And um, Corey, is it all right if I uh, mention the new course a little bit in the context of this? Because yeah, uh, totally. I mean, like, we'll, we can talk more specifically about it, but it's kind of like when we talk about this, uh, this time of the year, um, this new program that we're offering is something near and dear to my heart. And so my experience of that process in this program is just super relevant. So I'm probably organic, organically going to reference it uh, not so much <laughs> to overplug it, but it's just, it's been the, the, the heart and depth of my own experience of this time of year. So it's uh, hard to not talk about it. So um, this new course is called Emerge, How to Thrive in a World Gone Mad. And we can talk <laughs> about that, that, that tagline there of like why that's relevant. But um, Corey, you know, you, you bring up, you brought up some good points uh, here. And so a few points for me to get started in, in talking about this time of year and this reflective processing going forward is that it's so simple on a certain level, right? It's, it's, it's almost second nature and intuitive for us. We just, we, at least again, in this culture, for sure, like we just get in that space, but the simplicity of it can sometimes be deceptive. So we get to this time of the year and we just start doing something naturally reflecting and looking forward. But the real question for me is always like, what is the process, you know, and is it effective to put it just really simply? Um, and as integralists, you know, as you mentioned of looking forward, one of the things we can look past is our past. (laughs) So we're looking so hard towards the future that we miss out on sort of consciously steeping ourselves in the past and gleaning insight from what has arisen in our past. And that includes everything, appreciating our difficult times, our struggles, and especially, uh, feeling and, and cultivating gratitude for all the good things, you know, small and big. So I think for folks like us and in an integral community, the slowing down part and diving and inhabiting the past can be often the challenging bit, but Mm -hmm. then there's also the challenging bit of looking forward uh, and knowing how best to to strategically take action and respond. Um, So, there's a whole bunch in, in those, uh, those areas to discuss there, but um, I think it, it bears doubling down on the deceptive, simple obviousness 
of this process so that way we can actually open it up to talk about it more. Yeah. And that's what this Emerge program is all about. It's, it has that uh, conscious process for inhabiting the past, aligning with the present consciously of what's most important to us, and then that uh, uh, looking forward in an effective way. Yeah, so, well, and I got to say, Ryan, you knocked it out of the park with this course. I mean, it's, um, I've, I've spent you know probably... 40 of my last 48 hours uh, getting thank it up you. on the site and I've just been totally immersed in it. And it's, I mean, it's really wonderful. Oh, thank that's, you. Yeah, no, that, because that's, and, that's one of the things, right? Is that we do, like I was saying, we feel this sort of reflective state kind of come naturally yes. at the end of every year. I mean, yep. it's, I think it's very common for us. Yep. And then that state passes. Yes. And along with it, all of those opportunities to sort of do the work that we, yeah. you know, we're really feeling inspired to do. We need a way to sort of follow through and to really make yes, it stick. The, and that's, that's what I really appreciate about, about yes, together here. the follow through and the, and the structure. So the thing is, is like, because we naturally gravitate towards being reflective and contemplative and then also taking action, that's not so much a problem. There's not like the problem of lacking a spark especially at this time of the year. That's where we usually have the sparks at the, at the end and the beginning. So great. We have some energy movement. The problem is, is that we lack a structure often, a, stru a structure and a method that can hold us, that we can kind of let go into and know and trust that it's, it's having us dive deeper into our experience and move us forward. So I've, that's why I think when we get into it, it, it only lasts so long. Like maybe we only go so deep into our past and we, we maybe hyper energetically, manically set some goals and then, you know, we don't really experience the change or transformation we're looking for, but that's just simply because we don't have a nice structure and process. And so for me personally, I've done this emerge uh, process over uh, several years now, and it's evolved every year into its current form. And it, it's evolved that way because I experienced that with myself. I would reflect and try to get the most out of my past and look forward. And I just kept running into one, not having a system, which I don't like, you know, I need to have some sort of process <laughs> to consciously do this, but then also finding out that as I looked back every year, you know, I could see what was working in that reflective process and what wasn't. And that's a huge deal. Once you have a nice structure, like what I'm offering in Emerge, uh, you can then start a cycle where you look at every single year and, and build upon it consciously rather than being sort of like, you know, warp speed yeah. and, uh, you know, the manic process, you know, there's not really a thread of continuity, which is really powerful in an embodied sense. That's the thing about that I want for people and that I've tried to cultivate for myself is an embodied experience of our past and where we're going, you know, yeah. and that's what the show's all been about. You don't have it, you know, it's in different domains. So we're, we're applying it to this time of the year. And even though that this is, potent for this time of year. This is a process I use multiple times in a year. So often at least one other time in the year, I'll feel a lot of things build up and a lot of things have changed and I need to reorient myself in life. I need to kind of take stock of what's happened, take some patience, some openness and curiosity to say, okay, what's happened, including those tough cold, you know, cold water in the face look at life and saying like, okay, what is real? Like even regardless of how I feel about it, what's real? And then yeah, how do I feel about it? And then now, what do I want to do with that? So I actually do this process at least one other time a year, but also, um, you know, whenever I need it, you know? So, yeah. um, and I'm so excited that I've finally been able to put it into form and share it with others because uh, uh, it's been near and dear to my heart, so. Yeah, well, you know, I would say for one, um, you know, the Emerge course is, I think, deeply resonant with what we're doing here and inhabit. I think it's sort of a natural expression, a natural, uh, a natural extension of the kinds of conversations that we're trying to make a space for in this show. Um, and it's and it's really great. Hmm. And you know, what, one of the things I really uh, appreciated about Ryan was was not only did you bring a structure, but it was a structure that meets people sort of where they are. It's yes. customizable. You know, you've you've got these yes. two practices in there where you're basically doing a lifeboat exercise. Yeah. around a number of life domains and a number of values and the, the you know the list of values that you have people sort through it's yep. it, it I yeah mean, there's hundreds this, of them and it, let me just real briefly what's, what's important about that is you're not just sort of dropping this monolithic structure onto people's head and yes. saying here are my values i'm that i'm sort of infusing into this structure and and you know and plopping onto you um yes. this is this is more about how to 
discern, identify, and leverage my own values, my own Fair. unique constellation of values uh, as a way to give me that much more rocket fuel and to make these changes stick. So yes. it's, it's really working with my unique cosmic address. Thank you. Yes. This is, I, and I just want to double down on that point. That's very, very much the intention and it's very important. So more of what I'm pro, uh, providing similar to like uh, being, uh, having a kitchen, right? A kitchen doesn't tell you what to cook necessarily, but what tools you have in the kitchen is going to affect what you might cook. You know, like if you have a stove, a gas stove, a Vitamix, a food processor, uh, mixing, automatic mixer kind of thing, you know, this provides you with more possibilities and, and uh, structures. So definitely this, uh, this is more about facilitating a process for people, not dictating um, what should arise. And actually that's a key principle that I've emphasized a lot, you know, in this show is that I'm really interested in having people inhabit their experience and notice what's there. And the deep, more deeply, I think that I inhabit, that we inhabit our experience individually and together, the more likely we will to respond and to, uh, enact change, you know, one step at a time. So that's, that's a big goal. And that's, so anybody listening yeah. now, whether you're in the course or not, is like that, super encourage that embodied approach. And what I would say too, for me, we've, we've discussed meditations uh, a lot in this program. We've done a few of them, sometimes the, the basic inhabiting of the body. And that is a very core meditation for anything I do. And, and I encourage people who listen to this show to like make that part of your rep repertoire in the inhabit journey with us. I would say though, this emerge program would be the other core piece that is just fundamental. So if anybody's following this show and uh, really appreciates the conversation we're all having, and especially if you appreciate some of the things I've been sharing, that embodiment meditation and this emerge process are like two of the biggest tools that everything else can be built upon and can arise out of. Um, they just are so foundational. Um, so it, I've been really tickled and happy that we have this show and the people who are listening to this um, really resonate with this journey of inhabiting. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. Um, and just to sort of wrap up the, uh, the infomercial yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> part of this show, um, you know, I just want to let people know uh, the other really cool thing is we're making this available at a very, very low price. This is very accessible to everyone. 50 bucks for non-members, 40 bucks if you're a member, because all members get an automatic 20% discount off of all of our courses and training programs. So this is, you know, sort of a no-brainer price. I'm yeah, and that's I really that. wanted that to be the case too. Raquel says, "Cool, super, thanks. Thank you for joining us again, Raquel." Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, so yeah, what else do we want to talk about? Um, well, I mean, we could go in a number of directions. I I, I really love this time of the year um, for the very reasons we've been talking about. So we can explore any number of directions of looking at this inhabiting of the new year of what's important. Let's uh, maybe, let's maybe bring it personal. Just, uh, yeah, ah, yeah. Share, that's what we talked about. Yeah. That'd you be know, great. Maybe we can share just kind of what we're, what we're, um, what's, what's juicy for us right now. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I know that for me as you know, whenever this, this time of year comes around, um, you know, I often like to reflect on just how much of me has changed from year mm. to year. You know, yeah. and it's really nice actually being able to, to, to sort of see that with, yeah. with clarity um, and really trying to, to remember what the shape of my mind felt like. I mean, really felt mm -hmm. like in previous years and, yeah. you know, some of those years it was pretty twisted and, and distorted. Um, yeah. It's nice to be able to feel sort of more spaciousness, more deepening and just more change, more yeah. you know, skill development and all that. Yeah. Um, this, it's this, this refinement of the separate self. I think it's, it's valuable yeah. to be able to track that and to see how that sort of lands in your inner experience. But I also think, um, you know, whenever I'm in sort of this life review mode, um, there's a part of me that also really wants to reflect on the part of me that hasn't changed. You know what mm. I mean? The part of me that is the exact same today <laughs> as it was last year, as it was 10 years ago, as it was 30 mm. years ago. I mean, mm. hell, as it was before I was born. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just this yep. timeless, ever-present sort mm. of uh, mm -hmm. being at the very center of things. Mm -hmm. And whenever we have these life reviews, it's always nice to check in with that too. 
Um, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a part of yeah. you that remains kind of untouched by these changing patterns of yeah. time and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And I think that sort of having this dual awareness, being able to follow yes. both of these. Yeah, it's really good. Ma- it's, it's what makes these changes that we want to do, you know, has that much more likelihood of actually sticking. Mm, this is a really great point, uh, Corey. I appreciate you bringing that up. And, um, you know, along with that, my experience has been doing this kind of process that we've been discussing and doing it in a conscious way. I have a more ease. I've, I've developed more ease around change over the years. That's one thing I would say is that um, because I've witnessed myself change so much in, you know, uh, some great ways and then some that are just neutral, right? Just things change, like the body changes, right? But um, uh, yeah, there might've been a time in my life, you know, where change was, when change happened, it could be more disruptive. Whereas now if taking that conscious look at my life every year, it's a little bit easier to roll through and say, yeah, of course things are changing. You know, that's both part of the timelessness that, that things change, things are impermanent. And then, uh, but that change matters as well. And we have to figure out how to deal with that in life. So um, just when you said that, I was just appreciating that in, in, my, in my mind. And that's part of what I try to encourage myself is like, okay, what can I appreciate? Because I tend to lead towards what is difficult. Like mm-hmm. I'm being honest, I see like, what's hard? What do I want to change? And I don't spend as much time appreciating and uh, being grateful. And that's been really important the last few years. So one of the things I was doing quite a lot was doing a gratitude journal and very simple form, but it was really powerful for me to sort of balance that disposition. So even just doing this now, it's like, ah, yeah, all right. You know, still things that are hard and that I want to have be different in life individually and collectively, but Hey, you know, a lot of good things have changed and, and I can appreciate that. So, yeah. Um, and I, I do like that dual integration there, you know, and, and it's funny, I think in Emerge, I'm, I'm mostly focusing on what is changing, you know, because that's really what a lot of people are dealing with, but that's also important is to like, is to recognize and steep in what is really deeply consistent, like not just over a year, but over many years. I was funny. My mind went to Enneagram earlier because mm. I remember when I first found Enneagram, I first found typology systems and that was super helpful just to have that other dimension in there where everything wasn't either reduced to a problem or, or tensions, especially relationally, you know, like, Oh, we're different. Well, that one of us has to be wrong about that. Right. Rather than no, we're just different. How to navigate that more skillful in relationship and teams. Um, but that was super potent to me for a while. And I mistyped myself too. Like I, I thought I was type five because everybody want to be type five when you got into Ken Wilber's community. Right. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, but then my friend helpfully uh, pointed out to me, like, uh, I think you're an Enneagram four. And I read that. And I was like, shit, I think I am an Enneagram four. You, you, you a four with a five wing. I think that floats for me, to be honest. I think uh, it depends on the context. I think I probably by default would normally go four or five, but I can get in. I've cultivated a four, three. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I was also mistyped. I was mistyped uh, as a six uh, and yeah. then sort of retyped. And also, I sort of self-typed as a as a four. Uh-huh. So this is this is the four by four club over here. The four by four club over here. Yeah, but we just uh, wallow and languish. <laughs> yes, exactly. What's funny though is that nowadays um, there's been so much change around that and what the that enneagram system points to that it's not as potent for me. It's not as relevant. I still appreciate it. I can always smell another four. Like if we're in the same room, ah, yeah, you're a four. We can hang out or, you know, we, we recognize each other. Um, but it's not my edge now. Like that was my edge for a while of like really coming to terms with my fourness to work with some of those typical patterns. And then now that feels very relaxed. So it's interesting to me to watch how my perspective and what I focus on will change. So for a while that was really big. That was super helpful for me because I didn't want to own some of the four parts of me or, or, also, I wasn't able to appreciate some of the four parts. Like I was just thinking that they were, that wasn't a good part of me and say, oh no, actually I can appreciate that. Great. But now it's sort of like neutral. It's like, okay, yeah. it's not a tool that I, I need a hundred percent right now. And you uh, might again in five years. I mean, that's, that's right. part of the cyclic nature of these things. Yeah, that that's right. Maybe it comes thing. back up and it's really useful. Yeah. 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 And I, my, my experience with the Enneagram was actually very similar. You know, I think it happens to a lot of us because we find whenever we find sort of this new typing sort of method, whatever it might be, we get very excited because it's like, ooh, what can this tell me about myself? Mm-hmm. And I think that oftentimes we kind of lose ourselves in, you know, by going too far down that path because 
for me, what has been, you know, in recent years, what's been most valuable about things like the Enneagram isn't so much about, you know, how, how can I learn about my own patterns and, you know, so forth. Mm -hmm. It's about how can I cultivate the skillful means so that, you know, my pattern can interface more skillfully yes. with other people out yeah, there. Totally. That's right. the point of the Enneagram is, is not, it's, it's not to learn what you are, it's to learn what you aren't. Right. Yeah, so that you can yeah. be more and communicate more mm -hmm. and, and sort of build more bridges and so forth. Yeah. I think so many people fall into this rabbit hole of self typing, which becomes just sort of another form of navel gazing in a certain kind of way. And yeah, that's kind of miss the point. That's definitely a thing that I look out for is, is, uh, I think that's, I can be a phase. It's like the newness of a typology system that definitely reveals some interesting things that we hadn't seen before about ourselves and others. Uh, but then after a while, it can be um, a place where we just, yeah, kind of get stuck. And it's not that, that that this is a bad place. It's just sort of like there's other things going on. There's other dimensions as the integral map right. shows. And the question is really for me, always like, what's most up for me right now? And then also, I think this for me too, it's also allowing my focus to be on what is most important, you know? So like, even though as integralists, we can see, various maps, various models inside of Wilbur's work, but also outside. There's just a lot of different perspectives and uh, models and lenses and uh, that can get overwhelming, you yeah. know? It's, uh, so for me, it's always about like, okay, what is really up for me right now uh, the most? But, uh, and doing like what we said, like looking back in the past year, you know, and, and seeing like, okay, yeah, what's, what's been up. And uh, of course, obviously uh, for me, like this uh, collaboration, our friendship has been really uh, yeah, man. deeply meaningful. It's uh, and also the people listening, it's been so lovely, you know, like you and I had this idea for this show just organically. Like it was what was up for us the most. It's what we felt. And we're like, let's do this, you know, and uh, we have no idea what people would think or, or uh, if they would resonate, but there's been a lot of folks who are who feel dialed into something very similar that we're all sharing so i'm really deeply appreciative of that i'm always just so touched um to see comments or people finding meaning uh, out of these shows so appreciate all you listeners yeah no i want to i want to echo that um you know both your gratitude for our listeners um i always say we have the best listeners they have the yeah. best question or you know the best questions the best comments um they're so tuned in and dialed in and um, you know, I love being able to serve an audience like this and it's, it's, it's been fantastic. Yeah. And I also want to echo um, just, yeah, our, our sort of deepening friendship. You and I have known each other for a very long time. Yeah. Um, we've been sort of, you know, acquaintances for a very long time. We're always very friendly with each other when we saw yeah. each other. Yeah. And there's just been this pickup in the last year where um, I, I feel just this very deep kinship with you. Likewise. Um, and I really, yeah, I appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, I appreciate. I'm a guy too. who doesn't have, you know, I don't have a lot of close friends. So like when one kind of makes it through. Yeah, uh, we, we're similar <laughs> that way. And maybe, maybe that's our Enneagram fourness. In, I think so. But yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, deep appreciation there. Yeah. And I guess I want, you know, but I want to, I want to move to, to, to yeah. looking forward in just a moment, yeah. but you know, I, I don't think we can do that until we fully yeah, yeah. addressed um, just sort of where we've coming from. And it occurs yeah. to me, I haven't just, you know, I want to simply ask, how's your year, man? My year, it's been overall really uh, rich, I would say, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, what's funny is I'm going to be sitting down to do my yearly uh, deep emerge process, but um, I've already been reflecting. I think some of the things I've been most appreciative of is uh, the opportunities like this that have come up in my life where I've been able to f more fully step in and embrace opportunities. So I, through Awakening Life and Buddhist Geeks, I led some day-long retreats virtually earlier this year, and it was such a wonderful experience to work with people that way. The show came up, the Emerge courses come up, um, the a training group I have for Awakening Life is going, is uh, has enough people now, and it will be launching, and we're launching another training group. So there's this coalesce, uh, coalescing around a lot of this work that's really close to my heart. That's um, has taken a while to sort of build and, and, and nurture. And this year has felt like it's really blossomed in a, in, in a beautiful way for me. And it's really interesting because that's quite different than like, like power productions and businessy kind of things like that, where yeah. you, you can't rush a relationship. Like you can't rush, 
you know, our, like what we have for our friendship, you can't rush the cultivation of this show. It's just one episode at a time, you know, and it's one conversation at a time. So those things that are important to me have just taken time to, to grow. And, but for me, that's been a big transition this year is to, to really experience that. And I'm always really grateful in the moment. So it's, it hits me pretty powerfully, but uh, it'll hit me even more. So when I sit down to do this and I really document for myself and be like, Whoa, because I'm sure I'm like forgetting other uh, experiences that have really added up to this, but I feel super grateful to be able to do any of this, to do any of this, to, to have this conversation, to create that course is just like, wow, okay, I got to take the time to do that. You know, even that alone is meaningful to me. So yeah, yeah I guess that's, that's something that's staying out for me. How about you, man? Like in this past year? Yeah, this is, this has been a hell of a year. Um, you know, first I'll say, uh, you know, my gratitude is I'm, my daughter's been healthy all year mm, long, which is, yeah. um, you know, at the very top of my gratitude. Um, you know, we just actually had a, uh, they did a, a make a wish program where she was able to go and get Christmas presents for her family, which was really sweet that they do this. And, um, you know, just, just sort of going back to children's hospital and seeing all the other kids who are struggling, um, make, you know, just it. it it, it puts you in a space, you know what I mean? Of, of deep gratitude and like, holy crap, this could have gone a, 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 yeah. a very different direction. And just this, this heartbreaking kind of uh, presence that you try to hold uh, for so many of these other kids. And, um, but you know what, when it comes to my family, my kid has been healthy. She's having a great year. She's thriving mm. at school. So that is, you know, at the very so top wonderful. of my list. Yay. Um, with career, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm both grateful and proud that I've been able to find more comfort getting on this side of the camera and doing yes. these shows. You know, this has been a, a, a thing that's really picked up for me over the last year is I'm just doing show after show after show, week after week. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I first started doing this, I was a little, you know, I was kind of afraid of like, I'm going to start doing this and then I'm just going to see our membership kind of fall off a cliff. And that didn't happen. No, of course <laughs> which, it didn't. Which makes me really uh, grateful. Um, other than that, I've, I've started woodworking, which has become like this, this brand new sort of passion of mine that I'm, I'm fully throwing myself into. So that's been a new yeah. adventure for me. And just, uh, you know, being able to move from sort of, you know, moving zeros and ones around on a computer screen to actually yeah. making something with my hands has been yeah. uh, tremendously rewarding. Um, so that's, you know, I think that has been an expression of those parts of me that need to keep moving forward. I need a new hobby. I need something, a new holster for my consciousness. You know what I mean? A new place for me to kind of just set things down for a while. Mm. Um, that's what, in a lot of ways, that's become for me. Um, well, yeah, man, you've done a hell of a job. Uh, I like to just appreciate you, man, uh, everything you've been doing, stepping up and out in integral life. And I'm sure so many people who people are listening and people in the community will echo that. And uh, like, even though I know you might have doubts and fears that have come up, like how you show up every day, it's beautiful, man. You've done, you've done a fantastic job. And I, uh, I, I always think there couldn't, have, it was always you. It was always going to be you to be the person uh, who's uh, helping lead that, that community, you know? Just so, by, just by virtue of the fact that I've been able to hang on so long. <laughs> 15 years later <laughs> yeah but i'm so i'm so happy to see you on camera you know and, and hear your voice i think uh you bring a lot of heart to all to so much of of this uh that is you know can by default be really heady but you bring you merge that heart with the with the the mind so well part of my practice right now in the moment is learning how to not deflect when someone compliments so thank you i work very hard you're very welcome <laughs> and uh oh and uh, yeah you, talking about uh, your daughter and your family it made me think that uh, my partner Alyssa and her daughter uh, yona uh i love you all so much and they're uh, new in my life over this year even though i was trying to to, to date Alyssa before then <laughs> uh she's huge i mean she's uh and I'd say like, that's a bit a new experience for me to kind of be in a role with uh, a child. Like I don't have my own child and my heart has been cracked open, you know, and I have a, there's things that I understand now for my friends who have kids where I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, you just can't experience unless there's somebody in front of you who you love and who melts your heart all the time. Totally. So 
I love seeing those pictures on Facebook, man. It's a good, it's a good look on you. Yeah. Thank you. They're, they're so wonderful and she's so cute. And, um, and you know, it dows me into, to that, to your family and your experience, because I'm thinking about Alyssa and Fiona and thinking about, uh, our good friends, Vince, Emily, and their son, Xander. And, and so it's really wonderful. And I think for me too, that provides, um, just naturally this deep heart orienting place all year, no matter what's happening, you know, and, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful because I've had the experiences of being really uh, being an introvert and being quite uh, both by choice being reclusive, but then sometimes not uh, to my own, against my own good intentions, uh, being solo and feeling what that feels like when times are hard or when times are good. And so I, I, it's funny sometimes with uh, this work and with the, the big ideas and the passion for me still, it's like, gosh, I'm happy with some of the most simple experiences now where good friends, family, it's like, and maybe that's just part of the aging process. I think they call that wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm starting to get it. That's funny. That's one of the things I'm starting to get. It's like, uh, oh shit, all those cliches are true, aren't they? I, I know. I totally, and I don't mind. I'm leaning into them. Oh yeah. I'm leaning into them. I'm leaning into dad jokes hard. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about where we're going because we're at a big transition right now in so many ways. I mean, not only is this, you know, we could have named this, this, this show inhabit your new decade, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're moving into a new year. We're moving into a new decade. We're in the midst of a really difficult impeachment process. Yeah. We are sort of at this economic crossroads between economic paradigms. I mean, we are just at this, massive inflection point in history yeah. right now yep and it's scary it's unnerving it's chaotic yes. and it's also yes. really goddamn exciting and i think especially as an integralist it's really goddamn exciting and you know people have probably heard me say this several times i think you and i have talked about this several times mm-hmm. about how ken is simply a few decades ahead of his time in a certain kind yeah, of way yeah I, right? I would agree with that yep. that he was he was providing solutions for problems that had not emerged yet and guess what? Now these problems are here. Yep. And now these problems are aching for, for, for integral solutions. Yeah. And that's why, so for me, that's why as an example of a response to this show is what it is for me, because talking about Ken's work, you know, uh, when he put out SES uh, to, compared to now, so much of what he was pointing to is tangible now, like you said, like there's an ache about it to where by the force of reality, it's no longer a matter left to theory. Like we can't just leave it to theory. Like we're, we're up against it every day and just being tossed about. And it's like, well, we got to figure out how to, we're being, I think, asked and compelled to transform, right? Like that's, there's just no way around it. So, and you know, what's interesting you said about it both being terrifying and exciting. Um, I agree. I think, for me personally, I see it as like, we're getting close to a sort of terrifying bottom. I don't know if we're like there yet, but it feels close to be where like, this fucking sucks. Like we're really, we've been feeling that for a while, but like- I gotta be honest, I thought I thought we were there in 2017, then I thought we were there again in 2018. I hadn't felt that yet. I hadn't, I'll be honest, I hadn't said that yet. I know I'm like, it sucked, I said that, but I'm like, mm, we're getting there. I don't know yet, but uh, there's a theorist, uh, I think is sociologist, I can't remember the name, maybe you've heard of him. Uh, I think he's fairly well known, but he has a model of generational societal cycles and it's actually called four turnings, which is kind of funny because Ken has the fourth turning of Buddhism, but this is different where um, I'm going to get the stages wrong, but uh, there's basically like a foundational stage an awakening stage, um, kind of a simple cycle you expect, but one ends up being a crisis stage Mm. and everything falls apart and is then rebuilt and you can see it, these generational phases from like the, uh, the last big one, similar to now, was uh, the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And then what happens after the Great Depression? You get, you know, the 50s and this, the, the boom of the middle class, jobs, and it was like a kind of a golden age right then. And then you had the, after the JFK assassination, up through the 80s, a focus on individualism, not the, col- the collective. Uh, unraveling, I think that's one of the stages called. And then basically since 2008, we've been into this, um, this crisis phase. And I can't remember what the, the third phase is. Maybe that's the unraveling. I'm getting them look mix, mixed up. But if you look for turnings and generational, 
you Google that, you'll find this guy. But anyways, so it's both terrifying because we're, we're, we seem quite obviously in this crisis dismantling, dis- deconstructing phase in order to deal with the crisis, yep. in order to rebuild ourselves. And, but then by 2030, at least, <laughs> this, and according to these models, uh, we would be entering into a really awesome phase, you know? So I got that stuck with me. I just saw, saw that guy the other day and I was like, that feels about right. You yeah. know? So part of it's just like, damn, we got, we got some more time in this heart uh, aching and confusing, terrifying time. And yet I'm optimistic. You know, I, I, I have this foundational belief in humanity that we're, we're going to rally and we're going to figure things out. It might take a little while, but we can be a part of that too. So yeah. for me, I'm, I've definitely been personally sitting with this being like, how, how do I show up in this space? What's the best response? It's a question I sit with, you know, to both acknowledge and, and surrender and yeah, the death, you know, the, the, the mm-hmm. destruction to just like be with that, to not go to naive optimism, but then not to be stuck in that and to be looking forward. So for me, I feel like that's super potent more than any other time, you know, like that tension, uh, in our society 20 years ago, I don't think it was that as potent as, as it is now. That's right. Um, the, the pool in both those directions. So it's not really a direct answer, but it's like the process I'm sitting with. Yeah, mind. no, I think, I think, I think it's dead on and I, um, I deeply relate with it. You know, it's, it's as disruptive as it is out there. We feel it all in here. Yeah. Right? I mean, we feel that disruption. We feel it in our online interactions. We talked about this a couple months ago with Inhabit Your Digital Life and just sort of uh, what social media has done in terms of this, you know, fragmentation and balkanization of all these different media bubbles, which leads to this sort of epistemic collapse where we can't agree on what knowledge is anymore. (laughs) What's more dangerous to a democracy than that? Um, Which is full on, you know, I think Spiral Dynamics also has a term for this, which is something like the gamma trap, which mm. is followed by the Delta surge into a, mm. a, a new, a new stage of being. Yep. It's exactly what we're seeing. And it, and it also resonates really deeply with uh, what Rob Smith has been talking about for years mm. now with his uh, great divide ebook. Mm. Uh, if you guys haven't read that, I highly encourage you check that out. It's on integral life in the deep dives section. Um, but yeah, basically the idea being that we are between these sort of tectonic phases of of sort of our economic self-organization and you know just like you mentioned you know the stock market crash in 1929 was the end of one model one economic model which was the laissez-faire model yeah and then that brought us into sort of this keynesian model that the new deal was based on and brought us a middle class in the 50s and 60s as you were talking about yep and then eventually that ran out of steam in the 1970s and was replaced by the neoliberal model largely brought Mm -hmm. here with Ronald Reagan and Mar- Margaret Thatcher, and we're still living in that shadow today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, uh, arguably that economic model died in 2008 and is just living on as a zombie today because one thing that the left has genuinely failed at is coming up with a new comprehensive economic model that can meet our needs in the 21st century. Yeah. Um, you know, Bernie, I think, is, is sort of more about taking us back to a more Keynesian kind of, kind of model, mm. which is which is at least a break away from the, from sort of the neoliberalism that we've been washed in. But, you know, we also know that Keynesian economics doesn't work for the 21st century because it requires you to consume more and, our, yeah. and it really can't handle us consuming I, more. And um, I think that's, yeah, the, those failings are like what has really pushed us into a crisis phase of saying like, we listen, we've been trying all these different strategies and they're not getting it done. And, but the consequences are, um, growing and exponentially. So we're being pressured into like evolving essentially like there's no way around it. So like when, you know, with the new deal was put out, that's why there's all talk about a green new deal, regardless of people are, can debate details of such a thing. There's a sense of like, we're going to have to have something that's radically different and new and whether, and that's part, partly what I feel like with my belief in humanity is that like, I believe we'll, we'll tire ourselves out with the, 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 doubling down on what doesn't work until we're just surrendered, you know, like to say, well, fuck it. I guess we don't have any choice, (laughs) but to do something different. And uh, yeah. uh, And another person I like who, who uh, just wrote a new book called the green new deal is Jeremy Rifkin. Mm -hmm. He has some great, uh, he has a great video on the 
uh, talking about the fourth, is it called the fourth industrial revolution? But talking about totally different ways of looking at the economy, you know, with blockchain, with uh, renewable energy, with zero waste, all kinds of interesting, uh, robust approaches. So these are, there's just a lot that we're figuring out right now, but I'm loving a lot of different ideas that I'm seeing. So I'm also trying to find myself in that of being like, okay, where do I land? Um, because we're really figuring this out together and it's going to be new. That's what I feel like it's going to, it's not going to be like a solution that already exists that we totally know. And the problem is not everybody's just adopted it yet. That's right. We, I think we do know about the issues. Like I feel like a lot of us are really clear about certain issues and what needs to be addressed and we're going to try things, but we're going to figure it out in real time. And uh, the question is when we're going to get started, but luckily that, uh, that, theorist I told you about. It's uh, Strauss-Howe generational theory. Mm-hmm. And uh, about that part of um, the crisis phase is mounting responses, actually. So like, it's not just all shit and then boom. Right. Oh, did we lose Ryan? Oh, oh there he is. Yeah. Let me, let me pause my, um, my Dropbox. I think maybe that's part of it. You you went boonk and the whole video went boonk. <laughs> it didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. So basically it's not just all bad and then now it's all changed and good. So like that was kind of giving me motivation. I'm like, all right, I still don't know how much longer we have in like a just things not feeling like they're moving or changing, but we will get to experience the mounting response and we will start seeing some progress. I've, I believe um, and not too long, you know, and, yeah. which will change the dynamic. Cause I think right now there's just a lot of hopelessness. Um, and for me, part of it, it's like figuring out how to be with that. So that's why I like focusing on embodiment, right? It's like, totally. okay, how can I keep coming back to presence to what's happening right now, regardless of how it is, you know, that's just the capacity. And right now we're being tested to the max and resilience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The kind and, of, uh, yeah, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. I was just going to say that kind of, I think, underlines the point that um, I was trying to make, which is that, you know, all of this is happening sort of outside of us. And oftentimes we feel sort of um, victim to it in a certain kind of way. I can't choose a new economic model for the, (laughs) you know what I mean? I've got no control over climate change Mm -hmm. policy. I can't do these things. So what can I do? And this is, this is actually why Diane and I started our new show, Integral Justice Warriors. So we can ask exactly that question. What, what is, well, as Vince often says, what is mine to do? Right? Yeah. Which has, ever since you sort of floated that a few episodes ago, that, that's become almost like a, a, a mantra that I repeat for myself. What is, what is mine to do when it comes to this problem? What is a bite that I can take yeah. that is going to have some kind of impact? You know, I like that question too, just as a more commentary on culture and communication. Um, because we can be so overwhelmed by the meta crisis, because that's what we're in, we're meta crisis, not just one thing, it's a whole global uh, various crises happening at once. It can be overwhelming. And one response is to just be like, fuck it, checking out, you know, boom, give me a box of Krispy Kremes and I'm out, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Uh, or the other is to get really hyper and intense and, and demand, not, okay, I don't want to say demand change. Demanding change is what we need, but uh, expecting too much from ourselves or any one person. Like, Corey, why aren't you on board with everything and all my solutions I have? Yeah. But to ask the question, what's mine to do, already paints the picture that, one, I can't do everything. I can't expect that you as an individual can do everything. And two, we need each other collectively to mount responses and enact change, as, especially on a societal and global scale. So I feel like that question is kind of nice to, I don't want to, I don't think it should limit it and say like, well, it's just individual solutions, but it helps paint the picture that, well, we're embodied limited human beings and yet we can still do something. That's right. Yeah. I have, I have no doubt, as you say, I have no doubt that by 2030, we're going to have achieved sort of this new level of cohesion because that's just, you know, it's what we do. It's what the human species has done for millennia we just sort of you know we we, we focus we disperse we refocus we disperse i mean it's yep. it's, it's kind of how yep. this, this keeps moving forward in a certain kind of way and i have no doubt that those solutions are going to be coming from a minimally teal altitude now that doesn't mean they're going to be coming through you know ken's work necessarily hmm. or even the integral life community or anything like that 
um, though we are obviously trying to sort of, um, you know, shine some light on that territory for people so that the people who are there don't feel quite so alone and quite so lost. Um, You know, so that's, we, we are trying to set up sort of a beacon for people at that altitude but that doesn't mean that this is in any way going to come out of aqual or ken's work or anything like that mm. but it is i think going to be demonstrably teal level solutions mm. um that we arrive at at the end of the day um like you i also have this sort of faith in emergence right but it's not a naive faith it's a faith that makes plenty of room for all of the human suffering it's going to require yep for us to actually turn the page here. Because again, that's how yeah. we work. Yeah, the, a couple of things relevant to that. One is that uh, phrase, apocaloptimist. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, I think that's true. And yeah, for me, it's always like, hey, I'm, I ain't gonna uh, deny how shitty and terrifying and crazy it is. That's for sure. But I still believe. And a, a kind of crappy example that would be from you know, capitalism, but it sort of has, uh, has relevance is uh, when you see um, a stock in a company, the company that is really sound tanking. So like Tesla, let's say like Tesla, you know, they, they've been a, a company that a lot of people believe in, but they had their stock go up and down and re- really experienced stock traders will see that like when a stock is dropping a bunch and the price goes down too fast or too far, they start buying at the bottom because they know there's nothing else wrong with this, you know, like there's some problems that are being addressed here, but fundamentally Tesla's gonna be a good company or whatever, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna buy because later it's gonna be good. Also true is that if a price is going up really, really high, idealism, people start selling because they're like, oh, this is not, we're getting overly idealistic. I feel something similar to humanity where like we've had times where we've been super idealistic and it's like, eh, they're gonna be another crisis. Like even if we get through this one, most likely we're gonna have another kind of flavor of crisis in the future decades later but right now like if i were buying stock in humanity i'd I'd be buying like i'm like it's it looks shitty but i'm as the term is called cost averaging it's like you just keep going down and and like i feel like we'll make our way out of it well thanks for your neoliberal analogy i know i i I acknowledge it (laughs) the metaphor works i'm sorry it embraces it and makes it exacerbates the crisis <laughs> but the metaphor works. Well, I say, you know, I say this is the time for us to rally, for all of us like-minded, like-hearted people to really rally in a way that I don't think we've seen since, geez, when Integral Naked launched in 2003, 2004, which was another yeah. one of these big sort of congregations. I mean, a lot of people showed up when that happened because it was new, it was fresh, it was exciting. I remember that, it was fun. Yeah, it really was. And I think it's time for that to happen again. I want this next decade to be not just the roaring 20s, but the fucking roaring integral 20s, right? And in order, I, yeah. in order for that to happen, that requires us individually to do exactly this work to embody. I mean, again, all the cliches are true. We need to be the change we want to see in the world. Yeah. You know, and that's, yep. that, that is, I mean, even more true for sort of integral modes of being than anything else. If you mm. want to start seeing this unfold in a healthy, responsible, sustainable way, then you need to exemplify those values yourself. Do the very best you can to exemplify those values yourself, to yeah. really you know, take them in and to you know, recognize where you might need more skill develop- development, where you might you know, just areas where you can make a deeper impact. And because I tell you, if you thought 2016 was crazy, <laughs> that's nothing compared to what's coming down the road just in 2020. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's no way around. I think that's the thing, like regard, uh, you know, regardless of how much more in, uh, intense the crisis and pain will get, or when we finally start getting the change, but there's, I don't think there's any way around it that it's going to be radical and radical is disruptive, you know, even if we're like welcoming it, but you know, as we're kind of been talking about, like, no, the phrase that, you know, no pain, no gain isn't true. That's just like a really bad habit to like say, Oh, I got to suffer in order to gain. Nope. That's a particular attitude, but it's very common that in deconstructing, you know, when things fall apart, that's out of that is what comes new solutions, you know? And this, so for me, sometimes I, I would always, anytime I'm in like a crisis kind of thing, whether personal or collective, I would rather push a button and just make it all better. Like if that, if that was an option, I'd do it. Yep. You know, like most therapists and psychologists, if they could push a button to make you happy, they would do it, but it's just not possible. 
So, you know, for, for me, like dropping in and saying like, okay, how can I be with this in a skillful way? There's something purifying about a crisis that's already here. You know, like there's something that sort of burns out what isn't useful anymore to allow space. Actually, that's what the, uh, the Strauss, I forget which guy it is, the, uh, who I saw, Strauss Howe, generational theory. He talked about these cycles and saying like, you know, this crisis cycle isn't an evil thing. It's part of nat- almost like a natural cycle, much like forests sometimes will burn, you know, because mm-hmm. to, to, for the health of the forest, although we know we're seeing a lot of forest burn due to climate change and things like that. But it's weird because it's counterintuitive to start seeing wisdom like that in painful moments, which traditions like, you know, Buddhism might do in a contemplative way, but there is some making sense out of it for me in that way um, to, to move forward. You know, it's really interesting side note. Vince had told me that apparently Steve Bannon likes this guy, which is really odd because nothing, when I saw a video on this guy, I would be like, why would Steve Bannon think, that there's nothing that indicates why that guy would like this. The only thing that we could think about though, is he might see himself as a protagonist in this crisis thing, much like uh, what's the guys, what's the uh, antagonist in um, Marvel, the snap of your finger guy. Oh, Thanos. He might see himself as a literally like a Thanos, like Thanos sort of say, Oh, we need to (laughs) uh, clear things out. Um, But that's a smart dude. Uh, I don't line up with his values and it pretty much any way whatsoever, but he is a smart dude and he has, he's, he's done a lot of work that is also resonant with, again, with with what Rob Smith has written in the great divide. Um, Yeah. It's interesting. These cycles. And I think what he's, what Bannon is doing is he's, inviting people to um, find ways to take opportunity of these cycles, to take that, opportunity of this natural kind of disintegration. That makes a lot of sense. That we're in right that, now. That, yeah. Yep. Well, this is, uh, this is interesting. I think this is like really on point. Uh, we just kind of naturally found our way here, but you know, it's funny for the, the emerge course, that's the line we landed on to describe it, like how to thrive in a world gone mad. Yeah. And like, that isn't a line that we thought, well, let's just create something sensational. It's just sort of like humbling that like, it's humbling that that's how the world feels right now. So to have this bigger conversation about how it feels as we reflect in this past year and get ready to go in this 2020 year that in the United States, for sure, no matter what is going to be a ride, you know yeah. what I mean? It is going to be a crazy ride. So it's like, it feels even more potent to, to take time, to take a step back and to look forward to how we're going to, to orient ourselves in the world and how we're going to respond. Cause the, the stakes are much higher now. Yeah. Uh, it feels yeah. like anyways. Yeah. Amen. Uh, something clearly wants to emerge right now and guess what? It can only emerge through you. That's the only place it has to go. It can only emerge through you. These things, you know, when we talk about things like having a faith in emergence, it's not just something that happens <laughs> spontaneously. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a passive. Yeah. It's not passive. It is an mm-hmm. active process. It is a participatory process. If something is going to emerge, it's because it is going to be emerging through every one of us individually. And so every one of us individually needs to figure out what our responsibility is mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. how we align ourselves with this. Yeah. Yep. Big things are afoot. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. So again, guys, the course is called Emerge. Integrallife.com slash Emerge for the next three hours. You can get 50% off. You can get it for 25 bucks. Yeah, I hope it's helpful. 20 bucks if you're a member. So again, that's only, that's only for the people who are watching us live. I'll yep. edit this out of the, of the final video. <laughs> um, so let's you know, maybe open this up for any questions. That sure. Have. Sounds good. We've we got a few uh, attendees in Zoom with us already. If you guys have any questions, you can either hit the raise my hand button, we'll turn your camera on, we'll have some back and forth, or you can hit the Q&A button, send in a written question. If you don't have any questions, it's okay too. Don't feel pressured, guys. It's only the entire universe trying to observe like an alien from your chest. Yeah. (laughs) I should have tried to work that metaphor in my course. Raquel says, hello, I would like to comment. Raquel, we would like you to comment. Do you want us to turn your camera on? If so, uh, press the raise my hand button. In the meantime, yeah. Do you have any uh, New Year's plans? I will be going to Kansas City, uh, where I'm 
from and uh, spending some time with my family there. So usually I've been going there over Christmas, but this year I will be waking up with Alyssa and Fiona on Christmas morning, which will be fun. Magical. And uh, yeah, so I got to celebrate that with my my aunts and uh, my Uncle Eddie. So that'll be, it'll be just at home having a good time. How about you? Nice. Same. I'm a family man now, so I don't, yeah. I don't do anything for the holidays except hang out with them, yeah. which is fine by me because you know what? I have a legacy of just like truly anticlimactic New Year's Eve celebrations, <laughs> so I just don't even do it anymore. Yeah, I don't, I've not really uh, done many super, you know, party New Year's Eve things. I've done a couple, but a lot of times it's just simple at home. Right. I do like to stay up till midnight. I feel blasphemous to not make it to through through the New Year's. I go to bed at three in the morning every night anyway. So, <laughs> so right, you're good. Got, we've got Raquel here. Hey, Raquel, I'm going to unmute you. Uh, maybe you need to unmute yourself. Yeah. Nope, you're still muted. Can't hear. Yeah. There we go. Oh, there you go. Yep. Hello, hello. Hey, hey, Raquel. It's good to be here with you again, guys. I mean, so interesting chat. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. I would love to be around people like you, but unfortunately in my country um, and above all in the middle of the place where I am in the, in the close to the beach, it's only like uh, old, you know, expats. Mm. <laughs> I, <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's good. It, that's why I need these moments. Of, hey, you know, same. I mean, Corey and I live very far apart, actually, out here. I mean, we live more than, I mean, it'd be, be two or three, at least two or three European countries between us. <laughs> so <laughs> this is how we connect. Those are the same yeah. states, though. What's, what's, I mean, that's not yeah. yeah. But exactly. you see, it is true that it's needed to, to connect in this way with like-minded and like-hearted and soul-hearted people. You know, because if not, it's like some, you know, something that arrives to a point where, you know, you ju I, I just have to explode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So that's why I, I connect with you all uh, uh, to, to, to be like close to this. And I wanted to comment about um, this idea that you were talking about um, for the new year. And, and what to do and how to see it. And I was thinking all the, all the time on, because I have been brought up as a Catholic, and, um, and then this idea of the baby born new Jesus, okay? Mm. Um, the, the idea of the birth, mm. you see, which is a very interesting uh, view, you know, point of view of, giving birth mm. because of all the things that are coming to us as you have been very well speaking which mm -hmm. may seem really terrifying the the what does a mother does whenever is going to give birth yeah the best thing that she can do to help is to relax right mm. The best thing she can do to have that baby through the channel of birth is to relax. Uh, so yeah. it's flexibility and relaxing, the two words that will be like very good to listen and to and to and yeah. to embody and to yeah. have it. Uh, yeah. really I think I, it's a great metaphor because it's, you know, I mean at least my memories of when my daughter was born, it was this oscillation, right? Relax. Push, relax, push. Yeah, so <laughs> That's what we need right now. Wisdom of we the need, mom. We need that, which is a feminine and a masculine type of energy that yeah. we have to put there. So, and to be consciously doing that, you know, two-way movement of relaxing and then pushing. But That's... it's a real birth that we mm. are going to give in the new year because this 2020 is like the uh you know the dances are starting in 2020. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. that's well maybe maybe this is something that is just sort of in the blind spot for a lot of men because like when my kid was born i didn't have to push and i sure as hell couldn't relax yeah so this is kind of a foreign <laughs> language to me yeah yeah 
the bush is the masculinity that needs to push and and really be there in 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 the in the strong energy to push and then relax which is the feminine and openly and and relax uh, and how would i say uh flexibility of Mm -hmm. relaxing you know like accepting what is going on to help the process that's no, wonderful. That's, yeah, it's beautiful. That's Thanks really for, for sort of evoking that polarity. It is an important polarity, and it's one that we certainly need. Both. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, in the meditations that are in uh, Emerge, I actually use a te- technique that lines up with that, where there's uh, resting and then engaging, and then resting and engaging. So uh, but, uh, that metaphor and that wisdom of, of uh, the mother, that's beautiful. I'm so glad you brought that in here. Okay. Raquel, okay. Thank you so much for, uh, for calling in today. It was good to see you. Okay. Good to see you too, guys. Thank uh, you. you. Well, if there's no other questions, uh, yeah. dude, this has been great. This, this has been, been really fun. Yeah, really I loved great. where this uh, went and where it uh, sort of naturally uh, organically found I'm feeling, it. I'm feeling a little more amped up for 2020. Yeah. And this a little was... more appreciative for 2019. Wonderful. Well, I yeah, appreciate man. everybody tuning in. Yeah, this was uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, Ryan, yeah. we'll pick this up next decade. Well, next decade. See you in the next decade, everybody. See? The dad, <laughs> jokes, dad jokes abound. <laughs> Just you wait. More dad jokes coming in the new year. <laughs> Until then, uh, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, oh, quick reminder: uh, integrallife.com/slash/emerge. The course costs fifty bucks, forty bucks for members. Um, there we go. Awesome. So thank you everyone for joining us and we will talk to you next time. Okay. Thank you all.